I want it known that in preparation for this, I watched The Rise of the Skywalker again. And from the point when, like, Leia dies to the end, I'm just in tears. Because I'm just very emotionally overwhelmed. I... I think they handled it as best as they could with the just unfortunate timing of Carrie Fisher's passing. But I liked seeing the reactions of the other characters, but to me it was Chewie's reaction that just like brought me over the edge. Oh, that, that killed me. I, I was absolutely just killed. Like, I it was sad just seeing everyone's reaction and when Poe comes looking for Leia and he just goes to see Maz and Maz says she's gone and then Chewie's reaction like I was already like tearing up and then I just see Chewie's reaction and I just start like ugly crying mm-hmm. like <laughs> just because this character who has probably been one of my just all-time favorite since the time I was maybe like four or five is just gone. I I kind of expected it was coming because unfortunately the pre the um the sequels did not have a good track record with keeping members of the original um, trilogy alive. I probably would have also been very sad, upset if they killed Lando too because I do love that scoundrel. <laughs> and was very excited to see him as well. But yeah. I I think if they if Carrie Fisher hadn't passed, I wonder if she still would have if Leia would have made it through the whole movie. Though I did I I did like that her passing is what brought Ben back to like being Ben and not Kylo Ren because as I've said to multiple people who've asked me. I like Ben Solo, and I like his narrative arc that he did get in Rise of the Skywalker. I hate Kylo Ren so much. (laughs) He's so whiny. He's so, like, entitled. He is that entitled, whiny white boy that you went to school with who thinks he, like, (laughs) can get something a certain way just because... He is owed it to him for no real reason. Kylo Ren, I remember like sitting there watching Last Jedi, just like his interactions with Rey, and I'm just like, you can do so much better. You know you can do better. No, he is garbage. He is trash. Hmm. (laughs) I I don't like Kylo Ren. (laughs) And that's that's more than fair. And with and with Leia dying, I just have to say, I was just I was happy R2 was there at the end. Me too. Just because that's how we were first introduced to her. So it was a nice little like full circle thing. And the fact that he would just be like, no, I'm just going to stay behind and like keep an eye on her. I like, like that R2 like hung around. Same. I I do like that R2 and C-3PO have made it, like, full circle as in terms of how the films have gone and getting to see just, like, their origins. Right. Especially in... I don't... Did they ever memory... I... 
I know C-3PO got memory wiped at the end of um, Revenge of the Sith. I want to say R2 did too, but then I've just like seen things either in canon or online where like it's been implied that R2 wasn't memory wiped. Yeah, but... it's, I don't, I mean, there may be someone who knows a hell of a lot more about Star Wars than me, but nope, being pretty versed in the things that are canon... I don't believe he ever has, because I know it was stated in um, Clone Wars that him having that, like, snarky attitude is a sign that a droid hasn't been wiped in far too long. And so the fact that he still has that in A New Hope leads me to believe that it never happened. Yeah, because I remember Bal Organa at the end of um, Revenge of the Sith, because I, like... In base canon Star Wars things, I'm pretty knowledgeable. Some of the comics, yes, I love Dr. Aphra. But if if we're trying to dive into like all the stuff in the EU, that's just too much content for one person to consume. Oh, yeah, agreed. And while I am familiar with some things on the Extended Universe, and I do like Leia's character progression in that, and there are things of the Extended Universe that I miss, like I do miss the Solo Twins, and Mara Jade, but um, in terms of R2, I remember at the, like I was saying, at the end of Revenge of the Sith with Ball Argana, like, saying to take the droids for a memory wipe, but like you said, in Clone Wars, they dive into R2's personality, and he remains, like, the sassiest, bloopy droid in existence, so I, I don't think he was wiped. Yeah. I, I believe that's the way they specifically put it, that this that the sassy attitude is a direct result of having not been wiped. I I love that it's been implied like multi, that it's been stated multiple times that R2 has a potty mouth. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, R2 reminds me a lot of did you ever play Knights of the Old Republic? Yes. The point when you're on Tatooine and you run across the guy who's using his droids for target practice. Mm -hmm. If you have T3M4 and HK47 with you, when you see them, T3M4 just goes into this whole thing of like beeps and whistles. And HK looks at him as just like, my God, I was just wanting to shoot him in the head. But like, <laughs> wow, that's violent. Which is funny because HK is pretty funny. <laughs> right, exactly. So when HK is the one who's just like, damn, dude, like, calm down. Like, you know whatever he suggested was nuts. I have a soft spot for, like, most of the main droids, like, in the Star Wars universe. Like, <laughs> I love HK. Uh, I love R2 and... 3PO and um, I am BB-8. <laughs> oh, I mean, there's a reason why BB-8 rhymes with BB-great. Yes. And also, I loved K2SO and um, Dio, the little one that they introduced in Rise of the Skywalker as well. Oh, he was awesome. He was so cute. Mm-hmm. Like, say what you will about Rise of Skywalker. The new characters they added in, the the one played by Carrie Russell, whose name I forgot. Um, 
Babu Frick, like... I love like, Babu Frick, he's so cute. Right? Everyone's just like, oh, they were just a little, like, they were there for toy sales, like, so? I don't care if Babu Frick was there for toy sales. He's so adorable. <laughs> yeah, like, fine, sell, sell your toys, make your money. I'm I'm happy to get to just see a tiny dude who is super excited about being good at fixing droids. I just loved at the end when, like, all the, um, all the, when just Lando comes in with, like, the Calvary, and you, um, Zori, that's her name, I just looked it up. Zori Bliss. Okay. Um, but when they brought in Zori, and then you just hear, like, Babu Frick going, like, ha <laughs> ha! Yep, he was so happy to be there. He was so happy. He was so happy to be there. And you could say, like, oh, well, he's just not a good, he was not a solid, it's, he was not a solid contribution to the Star Wars universe. I don't care. He made me smile because he was adorable. Yeah. Like, I have no problem with Star Wars that's just like, I want to have a sense of fun. Like, say... Like, people, I know everyone, well, I guess now the the prequels are old enough that people look at them with nostalgia, so suddenly everyone likes them. But, like, say what you will, like, the Gungans were entertaining. Were they, like, a good use or addition to Star Wars? Did they help the universe? In the end, I don't care. Like, I like seeing Boss Nass go, anytime he said something. And like that, I was good with that. I liked seeing, um, you know, regardless of whether or not it was partially responsible for Palpatine taking power, I liked seeing uh, Jar Jar trying to be very like stately and official with his speech patterns. It was fun to me. I liked that as well. I loved the Gungans when I was a kid. I can see why. My dad maybe didn't like them because, like, yes, they were geared for kids. But honestly, I've never understood a lot of the hate that the prequels got, especially, like, yes, the characterization can be a little flat. But at the same time, it's just, like, go and watch Clone Wars. Then if you want, like, something a little more fulfilling, like, I remember thinking that, like, Anakin and Padme in the Clone Wars movie were flat and boring, and then the TV show came out, and I was like, oh my god, they're characters. Yeah. Like, and just, yes, there are a lot of, like, little plot holes in the prequels itself, like, everything with, like, midi-chlorians, which, okay. But... There's a lot of highlights, too. Like, Ewan McGregor is Obi-Wan, and he is perfect. Yeah. And we're now getting an Obi-Wan miniseries on uh, Disney+, Plus, which I am extremely excited for, because I think it's going to chronicle his years on Tatooine. Yeah. Which I am totally here for, like, space desert hobo Obi-Wan. Hobo-Wan. Hobo-Wan, yes. Hobo Ben. 
And I'm also wondering because apparently part of that is him like commuting with Clyde gone, like when he was in like his exile. So I'm like, are we going to see the return of Liam Neeson to Star Wars? Because I can live with that. I mean, it'd be cool. I know in, in Clone Wars, they said that Qui-Gon didn't master the Force Ghost thing, which is why he was only ever able to be a voice. But still, who knows? Who knows what'll happen? I thought it was implied, like, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, though, that he mastered, like, the Force Ghost thing. It was weird. It was, because I think that, was it the one episode from the very end of Clone Wars? Well, now not the end anymore, because they brought it back for one more season. But when it was, like, Yoda on in like the jungle like talking to him okay that that makes sense i'm just going off of like the end of revenge of the sith because there are some things like i like clone wars and i like that it remains canon in the star wars universe but there are some things i noticed like that it says and kind of like negates maybe something that happened in the movie (laughs) <laughs> right yeah more than a couple times yeah where they'll say something and then like the opposite thing happened in the movie which is funny and like interesting but it gets you can't expect them to always just like keep track of just everything because even with i know a lot of people were bitter that the extended universe got like shut up when disney came on but I honestly do think it was a good decision just because if you go and you try to wade through everything in the extended universe it is a mess oh I've I've told people multiple times at least my opinion of it with the extended universe everything from 4,000 years earlier to 150 years later was told what stories were left for them to tell in Star Wars that wouldn't require or that would be accessible, that wouldn't require all this like expert knowledge first in order to just try to enjoy. Yeah. That's that's why I'm glad it kind of got like, I'm glad it got like the treatment that it did, I guess, where they were like, okay, we expect, we, we appreciate the expended universe, but we're just going to call it legends from now on. And it's just non-canon. This is canon because I think it would have just made parts of it like completely inaccessible to fans. Oh, 100%. Unless you are like the 10 people who have kept up with all of it, all the books, all the games, all the comics, all the, the board games and you know whatever else like there's no way that anybody could know all of it like i feel like and especially because there was so much contradictory stuff i have not been alive enough and probably will not be alive enough to consume every single like ounce of star wars material and if i won the lottery i might and no longer had to work i might take that up as my main project Oh, God, I never would. That seems like that seems like way too much work for I, for me for for a movie. 
Star Wars is a franchise that I do have a lot of like love in my heart for, so I could maybe like invest some time into it. I read some of the books when I was a kid. I read um I read some of the books that they had with um with the with the twins. I read the books um that were about Obi-Wan when he was a Padawan. Um and I want to say I read, like, a couple of, like, other, like, novelizations that came out about, like, Padme from, like, the new, when, like, the prequels were coming out. Okay. There's there's a lot of books. Yeah. And now, you, there's still even, like, a lot of books that are coming out with the, um that are considered part of canon. Like, I still need to read um, Ahsoka's book. Right. That like came that. out. I I read the one that was the pre... I forget the name of it, but it was before Last Jedi, and it centered around, like, Rose and her sister. Oh, I'm not sure. All all I read was the, the one that told us whatever happened to... Um what's his name, to Jar Jar, and I'm just like, oh, well, that's sad. Jar Jar's, Jar Jar's life just sucked. I I like to still pretend he was standing on a a building yelling, we so free. Oh. But all right, so almost 20 minutes in, perfect time to do the intro, I guess. Oh. <laughs> uh, hey, everyone. Welcome to the new episode of Character Progression. I'm your host, Dan. And with me is, who are you? I am Allie, and I am talking about Leia Organa today. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, do you remember how you first discovered Leia? I do, actually. I was in the age range of like five or six, and I remember being over my paternal grandparents house and my dad a couple of my cousins and like my uncles were all watching star wars and i was like just vehemently against it for the longest time because it was just in my brain like that's for boys why am i gonna watch it that's stupid i want to watch like probably some disney princess movie because that was my obsession and my dad wanted one of his kids to like Star Wars, and he just told me, oh, this is a princess movie. There's a princess in it. Which, theoretically, he's not wrong. No, he, he did not lie to you. He didn't lie to me. He told me no lies. <laughs> like, technically, yes, Star Wars is a princess movie. <laughs> and I just like remember being like, oh, there's a princess in it? Okay. And sat down and watched it, and because it was twenty uh, over twenty odd years ago, I don't remember like the exact moment, but I remember just absolutely loving Princess Leia. And then my dad said, as soon as they stopped watching A New Hope, I was like, I want more. I want to watch it again. Hmm. And he said, he's like, you sat there for four extra hours and watched both. <laughs> and sat through Empire Strikes Back and um, Return of the Jedi, and you were just like, I love her. She's my favorite. 
<laughs> and the character definitely stuck with me just after that. And I will just quick point of note when Disney brought Star Wars. I remember saying to my dad, just like, oh, Leia is a Disney princess. It's everything I've wanted since I was five. <laughs> I mean, Kylo what... Ren is also a Disney princess, just in case anyone felt left out. I mean, well, now they have Fox, and Fox has the distribution rights for Dragon Ball, which means so is Vegeta, as far as I'm concerned. Yes! That's amazing. Right? I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Hey, hey, Dragon Ball purists who are obsessed with Vegeta. That's right. He's a princess now. And don't you forget it. Vegeta, does that mean, can I also say that Frieza's also princess? <laughs> Thanks to like the CBZ bridge and various things, Frieza's been a princess to me for a long time. But Fair. Uh, Frieza's just kind of a self-proclaimed princess, though. I don't know if that counts. That's true. Vegeta's an actual Disney princess, like with Leia, so... <laughs> I completely support <laughs> Disney princess Vegeta. <laughs> Someone make it happen. Someone call Alan Menken to write songs. I mean, technically... He does fall into that one, um, that, that criteria from Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> Breaks the remind, internet. Remind that, me what that was? Um, it was, do you have special powers like magic hair? Like, um, were you kidnapped he, or enslaved? Okay, yes and yes. <laughs> yeah, kidnapped or enslaved, magic, magic, uh, let's see, magic powers, magic, no, magic hands was Elsa's. Right. Magic hair, magic hands, which, yes, he has both of those. Um, <laughs> he doesn't speak to animals, but people do assume that all of his problems were fixed because a big, strong man came into his life. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, yes, he is a princess. <laughs> I mean, also, you can, you can go a little farther into it because he can turn into an animal and still talk to people. So I think that should count. He hits up all the criteria then. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Disney Princess Vegeta. This is a thing. I think I've also seen it when people say, do, animal do animals talk to you? They've like showed him talking to Beerus. I mean, yeah. Beerus is an animal. He's, he's a big Egyptian purple cat man. Oh, and were you poisoned? All right. It exactly, I had to go and Google it. It's, do you have magic hair, magic hands? Do animals talk to you? Were you poisoned, kidnapped, or enslaved? Yeah, cursed, kidnapped, or enslaved? And do people assume all your problems are solved because a big, strong man showed up? I mean, yeah. All right. I, I fully 100% support this. <laughs> I do too. I know it was a bit of a derail, but you know what? I'm glad. No, no, this is fine. I I was on board just because I thought it was funny, but now now this is canon as far as I'm concerned. I'm glad we got here the way that we did. Yes. <laughs> and now every technically and other characters owned by um Fox that Disney now absorbed, uh, the Xenomorph Queen is a Disney Queen now. Yes, she is. That, but that, which explains why she's evil. Exactly. And like, then dead. Yeah, exactly. The exception to like the Disney Queen rule is like Elsa and Meredith's mom, probably. 
Yeah, she she didn't die. She just bared. She bared for a little bit, and Elsa went to live in the woods with forest people. Yeah, but I mean, still not dead. No, not dead. And and I like that bear is now a verb. Yes, bared. Um, but so to to veer back, um, for the few people who don't know. Who is Leia? All right. Leia Organa, and I'm sorry, there are about to be some... How old is A New Hope now? Billion? Is it 50 years old? It might be. Uh, 74, 76, 77? I don't know. Some Some year. 40 plus year old spoilers. Sorry if you've never seen Star Wars. It came out in the Google is telling me 1977. So yeah, I'm sorry if you never got around to seeing it, but the internet exists and they're all on Disney Plus. Um <laughs> all right, Leia is Leia Organa is the daughter of Anakin Skywalker, uh, Darth Vader, and Padme Amidala, um, senator from the planet Naboo and the twin sister of Luke Skywalker. We first meet her in episode episode four, uh, A New Hope, and she has been kidnapped, or captured rather, by Darth Vader and the Empire forces because she is a rebel spy and a traitor. And she was smuggling the plans to blow, to destroy the Death Star, which is a planet-killing weapon designed by the Galactic, uh, which was designed by the Empire to basically blow up any planets that they believed were possibly rebelling from the Empire or um, risked any sort of just disturbance, I guess, to try and take down the Empire's reign, which at the time was already in question because the Rebel Alliance had formed. Long story short, Leia is eventually rescued by um, her twin brother, Luke, who she doesn't actually know is her brother at the time because they were separated at birth. Um, Han Solo and Chewbacca and Obi-Wan and they are able to escape because Obi-Wan Kenobi sacrifices himself when he fights Darth Vader. I know this is like the super cliff notes version of it but that's essentially what happens in A New Hope. From there she goes on with uh, Luke and Han Solo to continue fighting uh, to continue fighting the Empire and eventually is able to bring it down while falling in love with Han Solo and learning that Luke is her long-lost uh, twin brother and the last of the Jedi. Sorry, there's like how many movies that I have that are summed up in there plus X amount of comics. And she then grows up to... Um, become a general in the resistance once the empire falls and reconstructs over the first order she 
marries Han Solo, has a child um, named Ben who grows up to become Kylo Ren, and she loses over the course of however old Ben is, she loses her brother, who Luke goes off to become a hermit after, uh, or a, a hobo, as I call him. He goes off to become a space hobo after almost killing his nephew because he was told he would fall to the dark side because he was tempted by Palpatine, who was a cockroach that never goes away. Um, Han kind of leaves in the Falcon with Chewie to do his own thing. And she is just left to pick up the pieces and she throws herself into the resistance. And eventually she passes trying to bring her son back to the side of the light and she succeeds. I am missing a lot of things, but that's a brief good summary, I think. Yeah, I, you you got the the important parts, like the bullet points were all hit as far as I know. Yeah, I think I covered the important things. Yeah. Um, so then, out of all of the characters from Star Wars, and besides, you know, being that princess, kind of what is it about Leia that you like? What about her has inspired you? There are a lot of just... Leia is this character who has been through so many hardships in her life and not once, unlike certain men in her family, was she really tempted to go over to the dark side or just break down or join the Sith or any of that nation. This is a woman who in in the first episode when we first meet her in a new hope she's i believe her and luke are supposed to be 19 and she is forced to watch as her entire planet and everyone that she cares about it is on it as it blows up and that to me is something that i think if i ever had to watch that i'd probably completely break and I know they touch in the comic miniseries that she is reasonably distraught after that, but that she still continues to find hope and still motivates herself to try and attain her goal, which is working with the Rebels to free um, the galaxy from the Empire is just amazing to me like and even in later films too once you find out in the um in the sequels that she's essentially by herself because her son left and joined the dark side and her husband and her brother just fucked off somewhere like she's Still, she's still a general. She's still leading the resistance and this group of people to try and work towards hope and like some sort of symbol of just like peace and freedom. And yeah, I mean, 
You're not wrong. You can kind of argue that the new hope they're talking about in episode four is her more than Luke. I think so, too. Like, she's definitely... It's funny, too, because I've also seen so many analogies saying that, like, oh, well, she's Padme's son and Luke is Anakin's son. And they're mirrors of that work. It's actually not really true. She's a lot more like she's a lot more like Anakin than people seem to realize. Yeah. Like it's actually she's very much her father's daughter, whereas Luke is very much his mother's son. Yeah, she's the the headstrong, like just look at the escape scene from A New Hope. She grabbed the blaster and shot their way to freedom. Yeah, and those were her exact words. And I think watching that scene when I was like five or six and this like young, impressionable Allie and just like seeing that and just like she's a princess who rescues herself. Yep. Like, yes, Han and Luke did come there to save her, but ultimately she does a lot of she does a lot of the work on her own. Yeah, and when they get basically like stopped while trying to save her, she's the one who then turns around and gets them to freedom. Yeah. And I think that you have this character, especially like in the seventies, speaks volumes. Like in the night like granted like in the nineties, yes, we were starting to get like princesses who were like a little more progressive like in Belle and in Jasmine and even in even Ariel I guess in like some way but and seeing just watching Leia just as a kid and just seeing that one particular scene and just watching how like oh she doesn't need a prince or anyone to save her or do the work she does this all on her own definitely something to aspire to and I as I got a little older and people were starting to just like critique like movies of the past and say like oh well girls only have like princesses and didn't have a lot of like strong complex female role models to look up to until like Hermione I will gladly go back and pull out Leia as an example yeah And also, like, I would also say, I mean, just looking at Star Wars as a whole, because, I mean, yeah, I guess you could say until the 90s, but even before that, I mean, I guess leaving Star Wars, but you have, like, She-Ra, you have Jem, you have, like, I mean, those existed. Yeah, She-Ra, Jem, um, Natoya Yahura. um, Ripley from Alien. Ripley, you're like, yes, Ripley is maybe, Alien is not something you want to show maybe like young kids. But then we also have the most badass woman in the history of fiction, which is the mom from Gremlins. Yes. Because she was not a warrior. She was just a housewife. And then monsters attacked her house and she shoved them in blenders and microwaves and stabbed them. Right? Like... People seem to forget that, like, well, yes, you did have a lot of characters, like, 
Buttercup from like the prince from like the Princess Bride, who yeah, she falls a little bit into the stereotypical like princess like trope. You also have these other characters who were certainly primed to be role models for like young girls. Oh yeah. Granted, I didn't watch a lot. I've seen some of the old Shira, but like I will probably for a kid now, I will recommend the new Shira over the old one. I mean, the new one's definitely much more complex in how it handles the characters. It's also gay as fuck, and I love it. I mean, look <laughs> up how Bo looked in the original. It it kind of was back then, too. It's true. Like, anyone who says, like, Hira and She-Ra weren't, like, gay AF is just like, were we watching the same show? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of shows like that, too. And even, like, I don't mind, like, people headcanning things. Like, um, I, I love that Mark Hamill has come out and said that if people want to headcan and Luke is gay, he's, like, all for it. But just getting back to it, it's just, I, I, I just, I really liked her. I liked that she just, it was my dad's way of getting me to get into something that he liked by saying star Wars is a princess movie. Like, cause like we've established, it's not a lie. No. <laughs> I'm just going to start saying that to people from now on, just to see how like I can tick off some of the more like in like star Wars. Fans. I mean, I, I can do that right now and not even lie about it. You ready, everybody? Ray's more interesting than Luke. It's true, though. It is. Luke is... I want to go to Tashi Station and get power converters. Meh. Ray's more interesting than Anakin. Like, I... Yeah. I, I do... My love for Luke Skywalker has grown over the years. I thought he was whiny and annoying in when he first showed up. Like, and granted, he is really whiny and he's really annoying in A New Hope. Yeah. Like, I want to go to the Academy with all my friends. Yeah. But... I've always thought that Leia was a much more interesting character than Luke. Oh yeah, Luke, out of the out of the the trinity of um like original trilogy, Luke is easily the least interesting of them. Yeah. Like he's cool, don't get me wrong, but he's not like like Han is more interesting, Leia's more interesting, Rey's more interesting. I mean, all right, he, he's more interesting. If you look at the entire trilogies, I guess he's cooler than, than Finn ends up being and Poe ends up being in the end for me. I I wanted Finn to be a Jedi so bad. They, they hinted at both Finn and Poe, and then, like, I don't know. Like, if they, if they actually gave Finn something more important to do that would have impacted the plot at all in The Last Jedi... I would have a different opinion. I but... feel so bad for poor Rose Tico. Yeah. She's a character. I understand why people maybe don't like her because her storyline is clunky. Right. 
Like, but she is a character that I think deserves so much better to when she gets just sidelined in Rise of the Skywalker to just like showing up and like saying hi to them and then, oh no, Leia needs me for something, but they never showed her actually working with Leia. I think that was just, to me, it felt like a cop-out and it felt like, oh, we understand you were angry and you didn't like her, so this is what we're doing. Please don't be mad at us. Yeah. Well, from what I've heard, that was a direct result of Carrie Fisher dying and them having to you know, rewrite it from Clash of the Fates, I think it was called, to Rise of Skywalker, which, like, yeah. I get that those changes needed to happen, but, like, do something with her. Yeah, I, I, I know that Carrie dying, like, did put a damper on things and also with how last Jedi was handled because I do like last Jedi. Um, I'm also going to make more star Wars fans terrible. Last Jedi is not a bad movie. Get the fuck over it. Um. Oh, it's like a million voices just screamed out in terror, but because we can't hear them, they've basically been silenced. Oh, and Kylo Ren is also overrated. That I agree. I, I, I think that's my, I think that was my issue with Last Jedi. There was too much Kylo Ren. Hmm. <laughs> Not enough Luke Skywalker. Why is there so much Kylo Ren in this movie? <laughs> because they they gave him that waistband or that cummerbund to make him look thick. Oh, the one, like, shirtless scene that so many people I know were, like, losing their shit over. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember seeing it and just being like, oh, he has a shirt off. Okay. See, it's, it's always funny with that because I will never see Adam Driver as anything other than the guy who ate ass in the kitchen on Girls. And, like, that's oh just God, all... That yeah, that was him. That's that's all. Anytime I see him in, you know, Star Wars or whatever else he's been in that I'm blanking on right now, that's all that he is to me. He's the guy that did that. And that's not necessarily like a bad thing. Girls was a good show. But like I, I didn't like that, girls, but that's a different like <laughs> yeah, that's that's a different conversation. But I yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a good show. And like. But that's. That's because that's the only thing that I like knew him as. Oh, oh, he's the he's the ass eating guy. Cool. <laughs> that's so integrated so in someone's memory bank. Kylo Ren eats ass. He does. You know what? I'm not going to king shame Kylo Ren. No, don't don't you dare. Like let hey Kylo, you live your best life. Or well, he's dead now, so I guess he can't. He is dead. He can't eat ass anymore. I'm sorry, Kylo. <laughs> There's no more ass eating for Kylo Ren. No. That's, I, that's really the saddest part of the whole thing. It's Kylo Ren can't eat booty. <laughs> Granted, I do admit when him and Ray kissed at the end, I made a face. Because I really don't ship it at all. But that just comes from like... I'm not going to judge anyone who does because I do think there's a problem in fandom where, like, if you like something that's a little problematic, you automatically, like, get told you're a problematic person because of it. 
Like, I have my problems with the ship. I think there's different layers. I... I think it start, started out in a way that it's just like, mm, no, I shouldn't ship this. But I think maybe if he had stayed alive and had been allowed to just live as Ben and, like, redeem himself, then maybe I could have seen it working out. Yeah, I I would have liked that more. Um, in the end, like, I get why they did it, but yeah. I also feel like it wasn't earned. That's what I felt, too. It just felt really forced. And it's one of those things, like, I didn't necessarily want Finn and Ray to be a thing either, but I wanted Re- Finn and Poe to kiss so badly. <laughs> I mean, if the interviews are to be believed, so did the actors. Oscar Isaac totally shipped it, which I completely, so did John Boyega, which I completely support, and I just remember, like walking out of the theater with my family and being like, I was a little disappointed why I wanted them to kiss. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got an LGBT kiss in the movie. That was cool. We did, granted, Disney, Disney and its bigger properties like Star Wars and um, Marvel, just like aside, have been falling into like saying, oh, there's representation, but it's like the barely there representation. Yeah. Like we're putting it in here just to say we did it, we did it, we did it, we did it. Like with um, the scene in the beginning of Endgame when Cap is at um, the support group for people um, who lost uh, loved ones in the snap and there's the guy who lost his his partner um and he says like oh it's been like five years without him and i went on like the first date and like started crying huh yeah that was was, i mean that was so under the radar that i don't even recall that happening in the show yeah it's a blip like the lgbt kiss at the end of star wars where if you blinked you missed it and disney um and marvel just leaned heavily into it but hopefully there should be some room with queer characters in the future. Just it, it was like the same thing in Solo where they were like, oh, Lando is pansexual. Cool. Can I see him hitting on a dude, please? Nope, they, that was just their explanation for the robot. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, you cannot if you cannot say that Lando is pansexual and then not have him flirt with Han Solo. I, I mean, totally believe that happened. I mean, in his defense, though, I wouldn't hit on Han Solo either. That's true. He's a scruffy looking nerf herder. He is. Wait, who are you calling scruffy? <laughs> He's a scruffy looking nerf herder. Yeah, I know this has turned into me talking about Star Wars a lot in general and just not so much Leia, even though she is the character that got me into Star Wars. She is my favorite Star Wars character and the reason why I have so much love just for the franchise and then stemming as I got older um, and discovering through Leia just everything Carrie Fisher had done. Yeah. I... I have cried over exactly two celebrity deaths in my entire life. 
One was Robin Williams. And the other was Carrie Fisher. So I do remember being really sad when um, Fred Rogers passed, but I don't think I cried. Yeah, I I mean, I also remember, like, that was a bigger deal growing up in Winter Park, just because, mm-hmm. like, that's where he was and used to, like, swim and stuff. So people were just like, no, he he lived here. Did you know he lived here? It's like, I, I did. But, but he lived here. It's like, yeah, I, I, I get it. I th- people people care a lot more about Fred Rogers now, I think, than they did towards the end of his life. I, I, I would say you're maybe right in that. I've always, I, I loved the show when I was younger, and but I also never understood why it suddenly became cool to hate on things that you loved as a kid, like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood or Barney or Sesame Street. Oh, that's easy, because people think that um, hating things that they liked as a kid is cool. me- means that they're grown up now. And the idea of growing out of something, honestly, that's always been a dumb idea to me, because it's just like, no, I liked this thing, but then the earth went around the sun a few more times, and now I don't. Me too. Like I understand growing out of growing out of things, but like there's certain things like Barney not so much, but like clips of old like segments from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood or Sesame Street are just so heartwarming to me. Oh yeah. Like I I can't understand like as I got older why maybe my mom didn't really like Barney as much as she liked the other two. I think people also get into this weird thing of like, well, why didn't it do like they start putting everything that they wish the show did like, all right, like, yeah, Sesame Street had a really diverse cast, but why didn't they tackle, you know, things like racism more? It's just like, well, that's easy because the target age group is three to four. Like, yeah. we, we don't want them to know that there's hate in the world at that point. We're, they're still trying to learn all the letters in the alphabet. And Sesame Street has definitely tackled some more serious topics over the years. Oh, yeah. They tackled Katrina. They've tackled, they now have characters um, who have parents in prison. They've tackled um, characters with homelessness. They've tackled, um, like, substance abuse. But yeah. back, But back then, like, why didn't they do it in the 70s? Because it was a brand new show. It was on PBS. It had, like, such a small budget. It was basically just Jim Henson trying to make the world a better place. It was the same thing with, like, Mr. Rogers. It's like they didn't want to get canceled. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Rogers did actually tackle racism. Yeah, with the, the, the kiddie pool thing for the feet. Yeah, with the policeman who was, like, an actual, like, real-life friend of his. Yeah. Yeah, like... I feel like there was a time, like, when I was, and just relating it to Star Wars, too, when I started, like, growing up and people were like, why are you still into, like, Star Wars and, like, Disney and, like, comics and all these things you liked as a kid? Because the world is a shitty, god-awful place. Mm-hmm. And I want something that's going to make it less shitty and god-awful. Like, 
I remember getting into an argument with a coworker once who said, like, I didn't know how to grow up or separate fantasy from reality because I still watched Disney movies. Weird. She's like, no, like, every, people know how to do that. It's just, I mean, which is more endearing? Which is, which sounds better? Because, like, the one where things, you know, turn on the news now, whenever you're listening to this, just turn it on right now. I bet they're talking about something terrible. Yeah, like, I am uh, I am that one heart and brain comic by the Awkward Yeti where, like, brain sees heart and he has, like, the crutches on and he's all, like, beaten and, like, bruised. And it's like, what happened to you? I watched the news. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, that's just me, like, emotionally sometimes, too. Like, I will admit, like, in going and watching um, the sequel trilogy in Star Wars and seeing these characters that I grew up with, like, older and just what, and, like, just this world did make me very emotional. I remember making a sound that probably sounded like a dying raptor when Han Solo died. <laughs> can, can you can you tell us what that sounds like? Uh, I'd have to like I don't know if I can do the sound alright like, alright hold on I I know what I have to do but I don't think I have the strength to do it <laughs> there we go there we go <laughs> it was definitely something like that and I remember and I'm sitting next to Paul my best friend and he's just like you didn't see that coming and I'm like no, you asshole! Hmm. <laughs> he's like, why are you so upset? Because he's dead. <laughs> because they took Han Solo, who was probably like one of my first crushes, and he's dead. Hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. But just... Star Wars and like in regards, Leia is just something that just, it just makes me feel so just, it makes me feel good. Like, and I know we also talked about when I did Sailor Moon and how Sailor Moon helped me with, like, my depression. I want to say Leia helped me in that way as well as she taught me that it was, that the world doesn't end because something horrible has happened to you. And some instances when I was older and suffering with loss and just like trauma, like it, it was something to remind me like, okay, this bad ha thing happened. You can either sit down, cry about it and just completely lose yourself or you can admit it happened. You can be sad. It's okay to be sad, but you keep going. Right. And that, to me, was something that just motivated me, especially later on in my adult life when I found myself just, like, maybe hitting walls, like, in just my personal life and just struggles, which was also when I started um, getting into just the works of Carrie Fisher in general because Carrie Fisher also struggled with a lot of similar things that I, 
I did. Uh, weight control, depression, anxiety, just I um, maybe relying like too heavily on alcohol, which I did have a period in like my early 20s when I was drinking more than I would have wanted to and definitely used that as a way to like deflect from issues I was having in my life where I just like hated my job and felt like I was stuck. So using just those lessons and just that philosophy is just like horrible shit happens and you can either beat yourself down or like continue and getting up has definitely helped shape me as a person. And you just jumped right into the big G little G without me giving you the setup. I feel bad for taking 20 minutes. to. to No, no, that was awesome. Um, so you, you 100% hit the little G, which is for anyone new to this episode, how have the lessons you learned from Leia been good for you? But do you want to expand a little more for the big G, which is just how have those lessons or how could those lessons be good for the world? lessons can be good for the world because especially with everything going on right now we've got we have a pandemic we have lots of racial tensions which are just at an all-time high we have an absolutely god-awful shitty leadership that is just ignoring a lot of the plight going on um i think those lessons are good for the world because it does teach us that there is always something to hope for and fix and like a larger goal that's bigger than ourselves to like fixate on, to try and push through to get through that other side. If, nice. I like yeah, that. That was, I like how you put that. Yeah. And I think ultimately that's what Leia did. Like she, she's lost her planet. She lost her husband, her brother, um, her son, and not as that one meme that I see floating around go, not once was she tempted by the dark side Skywalker men, y'all ain't shit. Like, That's true. I, I definitely think out of all the characters in the entire Star Wars movie, like, universe, she is definitely probably the strongest. She's definitely the strongest one. She's definitely... The, the one who has been through probably the most shit that can just like kick a person down and cause them to just completely give up. And she keeps pulling forward. She keeps going, which to me definitely says a lot more than just like Anakin or Kylo Ren being lost to the dark side for years. And then they have this one moment at the end where it's like, I'm a better person now. No, you're not. Yeah, no, it, yeah, just because you saw the error of your ways doesn't mean that you've made up for everything terrible you did. Kylo Ren, to me, falls under that umbrella of characters along with Severus Snape and Billy from Stranger Things, where it's like they did the one good thing and we're supposed to forget all of the awful shit that they've done through, like, the course of their um, lives or series whatever yeah. like it's like and they showed even in um the original trilogy with luke it's like okay um 
they actually put Luke in darker clothing to like show that he was like slowly veering towards like the dark side like each movie. But even with Luke, it's like Luke grew as a person. Yeah. Can't and say that for Kylo. Yeah, you can't you can't really say that for like Kylo Ren. And even though like yes, the prequel trilogy is supposed to show you Anakin's descent into the dark side, which is really sad and terrible. It's I I look at Anakin's story and I just go like why? Like I definitely think there were a lot of plot holes and Anakin was like the worst Jedi and I'm sorry you cannot convince me that the Jedi Council did not know that he was married yeah that's I always just assume that that was like a it's just better if we like let's just leave this one alone in this instance like we'll cross this bridge when we come to it he's kind of unstable right now like, this is the one thing that'll keep him from from snapping. Like, well, we'll we'll deal with it. We don't like it, but I mean, we. Hey, hey, look, battle droids. Yeah, like I I look at a lot of things that like Anakin did throughout the course of like the movies and like his ultimate descent into like joining the Sith and just like kind of look at Obi Wan and like the rest of the Jedi Council. Like, you realize a lot of this is on y'all, right? Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of this is your fault. <laughs> like, at least... At least with Luke, they were knowledgeable enough of, like, their mistakes to be like, okay, but you really don't want to do this stuff. And Luke at least did have some solid anchors in Leia and in Han. Right. And with Leia, too, um, I love when they find out that they're siblings, like, and they're just so quick to just be like, I've kind of known this all the time. Oh, my God, you're my my brother, like, my sister. Like, I, I, I do like their reunion and their just knowledge of them being just family. Yeah, especially because I think it also had to do with at that point they had lost all the family that they had. Right. And they still have there's still something there that just proves that it's a better like there is something better in that universe to look forward to through all this dark shit, which goes back to the point of just Leia just being just so just hopeful and just. I think the perfect embodiment of hope in the Star Wars universe. I do also think that Leia has led for more development of interesting female characters in the universe, especially over the years. Like I do like that Star Wars, even though sometimes it does rely on like the one token girl like trope. I do like that they are making an effort to add in more female characters. Just as an aside, like I, I don't, I, I know this was a good topic for me to, uh, <laughs> for me to pick, but at the same time, it's just like this is a huge topic. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So let's. I'm gonna bring it back down a little bit then. Um. So if you were to meet 
Leia. Like you got, uh, you were a uh, sol- rebel soldier, and you got called to be a aide on a ship, and you opened the ship, and Leia was just standing there, and just like, "Hey, Allie, what's up?" Oh God. Because that's how she talks. Uh, yeah. What would you What would you want to say to her? I think my reaction might be like raised, and I might just be so awestruck, like when I first meet her, that I don't really know quite what to say at first. Just because, especially going through just her whole progression up till that uh, up to rise of Skywalker, Leia has become like this larger than life force to where she herself is more of the face of the rebel Alliance of the resistance than Luke or anyone else ever was. I, I feel like while I would commend her for her strengths and all the work that she's done and just how much she holds on to just hope and perseverance, I honestly think I just want to have like a normal chat with her. Like, if such a thing were possible, I'd love to hear just about, like, her life and just, like, uh, just maybe everything she's been through. And she's definitely a character that I would just, I would just want to be friends with. But once I get over that initial just, like, awestruck, like, deer in headlights, like, overwhelm, like reaction i think it might be similar to when i actually met um lana perilia from once upon a time at dragon con last year where i was just a rush of emotions that i almost started just like crying Hmm. (laughs) which one was she on that show um she was regina the evil queen oh cool I've only seen the first season, but I really liked her and was honestly rooting for her over uh, whatever Dr. Cameron from House's character's name is. Emma? I liked Emma. Um, I know things change after the first season, but in season yeah, one, change. I liked her. Things change after the first season, and I will say if you ever get back into it, Regina has one of the best character redemption arcs I have ever seen. Oh, nice. Probably the best. Like, her arc is so great to, like, the point when um, I shared, like, a meme on Facebook, like, who other than Thor could wield um, Mjolnir, Mjolnir, which I did put Leia down. I'm like, yes, Leia is worthy. I shared Regina, and when someone was like, but she's evil, I'm like, okay, please go back and watch past season one. Thank you. Bye. Just like in season one, I was just like, yeah, you had like, you've done shitty things, but you've also been taking care of all these people for years. And yeah, you got him as kid, but legally, and you've been a good mom to him, even though you're strict, because you know, like, that people who are like you were out there in the world, like you, you go. Yeah, no, um, Regina is a very great character. And Emma has some really good, um, redemptive arcs too but that's also that's something i can talk about but yeah um yes but i do recommend if you do get back into the show it does get a little clusterfucky at some points but regina solid arc 
And like I said, like she was just one of those characters. Like I feel like if I'd gotten the chance to meet Carrie Fisher in real life, I would have had a very similar reaction. That I get that. I feel yeah. like Carrie Fisher just over the years, she just kind of started to exude Leia, whether she wanted to or not. She did, and I know Carrie Fisher and um, Mark Hamill, and I know definitely Harrison Ford, they all went through, like, a phase where they were, like, distancing themselves from Star Wars. Yeah. And didn't really want much association with it. And I know with Carrie Fisher, a lot of it had to do with, like, she stopped, she, after Star Wars, her career didn't really go where she maybe thought it would go she put on weight she wasn't feeling as sexy as she was when she was Leia and you have this whole group of just like people out there who their ideal image of Leia like she said is her in a bikini in a body she has not had for a very long time right and there is nothing wrong with the bikini I actually want to do like a cosplay version of that myself. And no, I don't want to lose an excessive amount of weight before I do it. And when I said that to someone, he was like, oh, well, maybe you should do something that shows less skin. And I'm like, Carrie Fisher would tell you to go fuck yourself. Yeah, she would. I'm like, she'd see me in the bikini and she'd be like, yes. Like, that's why I do like that in recent years, they have leaned, the fandoms kind of adopted that look is not slave Leia anymore. Slayer Leia. Yeah, she did kill Jabba in it. Yeah, which is what a lot of the fandom has adopted because Carrie Fisher also said she was like, yeah, I was kid. She was like, I was forced into it by a shitty slug and I killed him. Yeah, I mean. Focus on that, not that I was in a bikini. 100% true. Yeah, totally. Like, granted, you will always just have that group that just automatic. It's hair trigger for me right now whenever I bring up a female character and someone goes, oh, she's hot. And I'm like, would you have the same reaction if I bought up Superman? I mean, Superman is a very attractive man. Superman is a very attractive man. I I give him that. Like, Like, as a straight man, I've seen Supergirl. I know what the Superman on Supergirl looks like. And like... If he made me an offer, I would at the very least strongly consider it. I will be honest, too. I like I I personally, as much as Superman is attracted and more attracted to like the Clark Kent. (laughs) Good thing it's the same guy just with glasses and no no spit curl. To the point where, like, my co-worker, one of my co-workers at, like, my old, um, when I was working at Domino's back in Rhode Island, um, and I were talking about, like, dating, and I said I was picky, he turns and he goes, that's because your ideal type is Clark Kent Alley. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... I just find that funny that especially when I bring up Leia and they're like, oh, yeah, the bikini. I'm like, why? Like, yes, sexual, like everything gets sexualized at some point in like in time. But I feel like, unfortunately, with it 
falls more with female characters, especially if you're talking about it with someone else for their first reaction. It's going to be like, oh, yeah, she's hot. Yes, yes, she is, but she's also like other things. Yeah. But that's just a whole societal thing and ways that we're just like programmed and how we're taught to look at male versus female things. And that's just a whole other slew of topics. I feel like I have tangents a little bit here, but at least it's all been brought back. <laughs> all right. So then let's go back to the, our, our meeting Leia thing. So you got, called onto this ship you are a an aide there you're there to help lay out but while you're traveling to i don't know uh cloud city to go have a dinner with lando that he has promised is not going to have vader at it this time you see that like the pilot, you can just tell on their face. They're having a hard time. They're going through some personal stuff. Given what you, Allie, have learned from Leia, what type of advice would you give to this pilot? I will get to the advice for the pilot in a second, but side note, if this is, like, younger, like, Lando Calrissian, and just, like, in general, do I get a chance to possibly hook up with Lando? I mean... It's Lando. I don't think you'd have a choice but to get hit on. Yes. I'll be perfectly honest. I just, I, I will admit I do have a bit of, I've always had, Lando has always been one of my Star Wars crushes, but. That's fine. He'll, he'll break out some Colt 45s and you'll have a good time. I'm perfectly fine with that. Anyway, back to this pilot who is having a really rough time. They've probably lost something to do with the empire because the empire is terrible and everyone's lost something thanks to them i think i would genuinely i'd sit down i'd ask them what's going on and just listen to them because i like to think that leia is the type where she sees someone going through a hard time and she just genuinely listens and then just say okay I understand and just maybe give them something to look forward to even if it's something just like small just like this is rough now but working forward it might be able to lead to like this thing or maybe something even better and it's okay to be sad it's okay to feel these things but you also have to be able to push through I like that and in that moment, a delicious Cloud City dinner that totally won't have Darth Vader at it this time. I am perfectly fine that it totally won't have Darth Vader because he would he's a terrible dinner guest and it would ruin my chances of possibly hooking up with Lando. So I mean, unless you got thrown in the cell together. I mean, if we got thrown in the cell together, that'd be fine because I'm pretty sure Lando is the type of person who'd be totally into that. Yeah, it's it's true. It's, it's Lando, and... <laughs> like I said, Lando is... De- I have a lot of Star Wars crushes. I think with Lando, it's just because he's, like, so charismatic. 
and now I'm just suddenly picturing like a Lando George Takei crossover who's just like land. Oh my. Oh my. I'd I would totally ship Lando and Sulu. I could see that. Sulu deserves better. They'd be such a disaster. But I can see it like maybe not a long term thing, but I can definitely see them like hooking up. And he'd Sulu Lando would just hit on everyone. He'd hit on Sulu and he'd hit on Spock and Spock would be confused. Um I just want to see him also he would just hitting on Kirk and seeing Kirk's reaction. I mean, I feel like Kirk would just be like politely like no no thank you no thank you and then he hits on uhura and if this is like a like original series era that's when he's just like no and then they have a terribly choreographed fight yeah i feel like it depends on like i feel like chris pine kirk would be a little more receptive to lando hitting on him (laughs) yeah he even if he said no he'd walk to his room feeling good about himself you know, pose in the mirror, stuff like that. I think it would just go over Bones' head completely. Bones would just be, like, too preoccupied in something Jim did. And <laughs> Damn it, Lando. Damn it, Lando. I'm a doctor, not a top. Yes. <laughs> so now we know Bo- <laughs> Leonard Bones McCoy is a bottom. <laughs> It was said here first. <laughs> That's a whole other episode you could do too if anyone in Star Trek is bottoms or top. I mean, in the end, it all just comes down to Kurt, or to uh, Picard is the toppiest top. Picard is totally a top. Occasionally he switches, but he's a top. We all know this. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> um man, this took a turn <laughs> we uh, didn't talk about how like everyone <laughs> people are tossing bottoms in star Wars. <laughs> um if you're a skywalker you're a bottom the end i feel like leia's the exception to the rule but yeah that's pretty accurate all skywalkers are bottoms yeah <laughs> um more like sky bottoms, huh? Hey. Uh, that was terrible, and I loved it. Um, all right, so before we sign off, um, I want to give you the opportunity to plug something. Um, if you're doing anything, I want to hear about that. But I also want to hear about something that just you love that you think more other or more people should know about and get to enjoy. All right. Um, things I'm doing. I'm not working on any like projects for the masses like currently, although someday I will when I have just am able to finally sit down and motivate. But I have been doing a lot of more role play lately in D&D. So now is actually the perfect time to get into that. So go play more D&D, everyone. Um <laughs> And something I've been enjoying is I have been listening to a care, a podcast. It is available on Spotify or anywhere you listen. It is called Fuckboys of Literature. That's a great or, name. It is amazing. Or F-B-O-L, um, the censored name. 
and it is run by a woman. Her name is Emily Edwards, and she talks to different guests each week talking about um, various fuckboys in novels and in the uh, uh, world of just writing, uh, writing like classic writers. The first episode is on Lord Byron, so that should set the tone for the whole series and fuck boy is a gender neutral term. Okay. There's been some pretty good episodes too, that they've dive into um, Lord Byron. They've touched on a few other like famous authors just in various eras of literature. Um, some really good episodes that they've done that I've enjoyed is they've done um and literature just doesn't mean classic lit, too. They've touched on, like, fuckboys and, like, the X-Men. Um, Watchmen. They had a really funny episode on Batman. They've done, yeah, they've touched on mythology. They did actually, like, fuckboys of the Bible, which was pretty great. This, this sounds fun. I've it's never even fun. heard of this, but this sounds fun. It's a lot of fun. Like, it has become, like... That and another podcast that I do like, which is called Let's Talk About Myths, Baby, um, which dives into Greek myths. Uh, Fuckboys of Liter Literature has become one of my favorite podcasts because it's just, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of dissecting, like, um, various just, like, books and characters and, like, a lot of authors and just like tearing like the shit apart of them like the interview with the vampire episode I will be surprised if she I, if she never gets sued by Anne Rice because a lot of it is just like tearing her apart it's great <laughs> I mean everybody in interview with a vampire is a fuckboy everyone oh totally everyone in that show is a fuckboy everyone in that book is a fuckboy like, but it's it's really good. It's highly recommended. It's a lot of fun. Um, she is she's really cool and just like, um, yeah, she's it's just I I go check it out. It's on Spotify. Um, it's shortened to F B O L because it's censored because it has the word fuck in it. Um, and the episodes can be a little lengthy and. There are some books there that I've never even heard about, but you can just skip around and find something a lot, pretty much anything covered in like middle school or high school is fair game. Like the great Gatsby or like. Oh, uh, there's going to be so many fuck boys in the Count of Monte Cristo. She hasn't done the Count of Monte Cristo yet. Oh. She hasn't done that yet. Um, she tries to just do, like, um, different things. She has done James Bond, but she has done um, by the same author as Count of Monte Cristo. She did do The Three Musketeers recently. Oh, okay. Which actually did go into a decent segue about how um, – none of the screen adaptations have really followed like the book exactly, but they have like the heart of the story and why the one in the nineties with like Charlie Sheen and Tim Curry is like the best one. Nice. I love that one. That was great. 
It's on Disney Plus. That's another thing I'll plug. Go watch things on Disney Plus. Like gargoyles. Like gargoyles. There's a lot of nostalgia stuff on there. You can watch every Star Wars movie if you've been listening to this and you've never seen Star Wars and you're mad that I spoiled. There's actually a lot of things I didn't spoil. So you can go watch every single Star Wars movie and all the animated stuff. But you can't watch the Christmas special. I'm sorry. But that's my favorite Star Wars. It had itchy and lumpy. I'm sorry. It's been lost to the annals of time. <laughs> you said annals. I did. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. You cannot watch a Christmas special, but you can watch everything else. And you can live, relive various things about your childhood and try not to focus too hard on the fact that the world is absolute garbage right now. And if anyone wants, the holiday special in its entirety is on YouTube. I was going to say, you can find it on YouTube. And it's been there for years, and no one cares enough to take it down. No. It's like Rock and Roll High School, too. No one cares enough to take it down. There's a lot of good Christmas specials on um, YouTube. Go watch, go, and after you find um, Star Wars Christmas special on YouTube, go watch Muppets, uh, go watch a Muppet Family Christmas. It was great. This is any anything Muppets. <laughs> anything Muppets. Anything. But that's the best one because it's the crossover with Sesame Street and Fraggle Rock. True. The greatest Christmas special ever made. Have you ever seen the the bloopers from it? Yes. It's it's so good. <laughs> but all right. Um I mean we're way over time, so cool. Um, so um, it was great talking to you Allie thanks for doing this it was great talking to you too Dan thank you so much this was fun you're welcome bye everyone and put a little awesome out in the world bye